Hello, welcome back to another episode of uh, Tim Stating the Obvious. I hope you all had a great past couple of weeks. I know things have been busy for me uh, in my personal life and as well as work has picked up a lot. Kids are having a great time out back and playing, which is great. But the weather has finally calmed down and allowed them to get outside and get all that energy out that they needed to because being cooped up in the house is not good for anybody. But I do want to pick up off of a topic that we talked uh, two episodes ago, and that was when you stop investing into a person who is no longer good for your organization right now we're going to look at a scenario uh, that happened to a good friend of mine and no i'm not going to give any names or places or locations but i am going to stay stick to the management leader employee perspective so in this episode we're going to talk about when to let someone go from an organization or let someone know they're fired We're going to take a quick break from the topic to make a couple of announcements like we do in every single episode. So first, thank you for checking out this podcast. And for those of you who have subscribed uh, to us either on Podbean, Apple iTunes, or on YouTube, I really appreciate you doing that. If you haven't done it, please click the little subscribe button. And if you're not listening to us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button and the little alarm bell. So that way you know when we come out with new content and new episode for you to check it out. Also, if I could ask if you could please share this episode with one or two other people that you think might like it. That way we can stimulate ideas and share ideas across a professional workforce, which is what this podcast is about. Lastly, I want to thank you, Lee out there for doing what you do on a daily basis because it's hard uh, you got to make hard choices and hard decisions but it, it's really a thankless job at times and I just want you to know that it doesn't go unnoticed and people do care even though they don't say anything so thank you for doing what you do Okay, so let's face it. Employee turnover is one of the most costly aspects for any organization. It costs money when you have to onboard or train new employees and when you let them go. You know, you have to you know pay employees overtime or have someone else cover down for that employee who was let go because you have a gap now in your schedule. And according to the Society for Human Resource Management, they found that the average expense to bring on a new worker is $4,129 requiring approximately 42 days to get the position filled. So that means if someone gives you a two-week notice, you have 42 days before you can get that position filled, which is crazy. You may be able to get it filled quicker, but on average, 42 days from start to finish of getting that new employee on, getting them trained up, and in the seat to keep working. Also, you've got to spend a lot of time with, you know, revising job descriptions when it's necessary, posting ads on job boards, hiring a recruiter to find the right replacement, covering travel and lodging expenses for out-of-town job candidates, uh, reviewing numerous resumes and that you've received after posting the job. That's time-consuming. Determining which candidates to pursue and which ones not to pursue. Which talent management program do you have? How do you? How good is it? How much time? time, you know, are you going to have to bring in promising candidates, you know, arranging interview schedules for both the candidate and your internal interview team, meeting with 
the team to assess the most promising candidates to see if the people that you're going to pick are actually a good fit for that team. They may be great for the organization, but not so good for the team. Then you've got to train and onboarding, again, requiring time and effort from your current employees, as well as those that you have hired to onboard people if you're fortunate enough to be able to hire a human resource management team to that can help onboard and bring people into the fold. And I believe that because of this and everything that we mentioned, managers tend to want to keep employees who are borderline toxic to teams and are forced to make the team work because of the challenges that we just talked about. Of course, if that employee crosses a definitive red line, of course, they'll be terminated. No, you know, no questions asked. If you are doing something illegal, immoral, or unethical, of course, you're going to get fired for it, right? But, you know, how many times have you looked across your workforce and thought why someone still had a job, even though they were a burden to the rest of the team? You were on a team, and let's face it, take yourself out of a leadership role. You're on a team, and you look to your left, and you look to your right, and you think, man, how is this person still employed? Other people are carrying their slack. Other people are having to do other things, and it would just be better if they just terminated that one position and split the pay amongst us. I know you've had that thought, and I'm sure you've heard your subordinates or people who you work with have that conversation at times. With that said, we need to take a look at this from a leadership perspective. We know that there is an associated cost with letting an employee go, whether under mutual or non-mutual agreement. So let's take a look at this scenario and can apply to almost any situation, right? So let's say there was this private school and they had to close down to do, you know, they had to close down due to COVID-19 pandemic uh, reasons, all right? The owner of the school made it clear that none of the teachers were getting fired nor laid off and that they should hold tight and be patient and wait for the school to reopen. Hard position to ask any employee to put themselves into if you ask me, but it happens and people have suffered through it. However, since they were not working, they were not going to get paid, or they weren't gonna get paid until at least the government-assisted programs kicked in that the business applied for, and that could take some time. Yes, of course, there were grumblings and issues with the decision. However, it was to protect the teachers and the kids from illness, so most of the teachers still contributed by teaching online, creating videos, reading to them, etc., making sure that the student and the teacher and the business still had a great reputation and rapport with the community, Even though they couldn't be there in person, they tried their best to have a a good rapport and let the students know that they were still there and that the teachers still cared about them. Now, let's say that one person realized that they couldn't file for unemployment and they weren't willing to wait for the government assisted uh, programs to kick in through that private organization so they could get paid. But then... They realized they couldn't get unemployment because they weren't fired. And unfortunately, this person did quit by saying that, you know, they, whatever reasons, they weren't going to be working there anymore. So they thought because of COVID-19 and they quit, they could collect unemployment. Now, if any of you have ever read the um, the Unemployment Assistance Program for the Pandemic Assistance um, Unemployment, it is a huge document to read through and has very strict guidelines for federal government assistance and state assistance in many cases. But it's very clear that the all state, you must be fired or laid off from a job because of COVID-19, not that you just don't want to work or wait. Well, now that the school got the, you know, assistance money in and things are going good and they're getting the building ready to reopen, this one individual teacher decides, hey, I want to come back to work. So what do you do now? You never fired the person, that person quit, and the rest of the team had contributed to the overall organization during the entire time of turmoil, and this one person did nothing, but they think that they can get their job back. What would you do if you were that leader? Would you let them back? 
because you're short a teacher, they meet the qualifications, so it saves you the time and the effort of having to find a new job, repost it, redo everything, because you couldn't do anything uh, during the COVID-19, because you didn't know when you could hire somebody back on, so you just kind of let the, the, you know, let it run its course, and now you have this one teacher saying, hey, I want to come back, now that you're going to reopening, pay me now, what do you do? Well, I'm not going to tell you exactly uh, what you should do, but it's something to think about, because I'm sure that scenario has come up uh, in many organizations uh, across you know the country and and across the world in fact uh, just different countries view things a different way but let's look at some facts right so this one person abandoned their team during a crisis and then they're trying to put you in a position to say that no they can't come back to work to say that no then you fired me because I want to come back to work and then let's say you did let them come back to work how would the other employees feel about all the hard work that they were putting in without pay and then they decided well you know what if you're not going to show any loyalty during a time of crisis to those who were contributing i'm out now you got to find more teachers and more uh, replacement employees because you've you've lost more but you gained that one so you you gained one but lost two more or gained one or lost three more depending on how they really really feel about it and maybe they just don't want to work for an organization that doesn't value them or or give the appearance that they're not valued, even though they are. But because you let that one person back, now that there's an appearance that, hey, you don't really value those hard workers. So here are some signs of when to let an employee go. The first one is for cause, meaning theft or insubordination, the most obvious reason. Then you have failure to improve performance with a documented performance improvement plan. So what I mean by that is you have someone who's failing to meet your ob- their obligations of their duty description of their job, and they're not adhering to their level of performance that you expect of them, and you've told them this. And then you actually went to the effort of documenting a performance performance improvement plan of ways to help that person and employee improve their performance and get better and meet your expectations, yet they're still failing to do that. So that's another reason why you should let somebody go because they're failing to improve their performance and it's affecting the overall team and organization. The third reason is they're just not a good fit. They don't fit in with the culture of the organization. They don't fit in the culture of the team and they're more disruptive and it's worse to keep them around than it is to let them go. They're not bad people. They're not ill performers. They're just not a good fit with the culture of the organization. I don't know about you, but I've had a couple jobs where I just did not fit in with the culture of the organization. And no matter how hard I tried to succeed, I just couldn't because my values were different than the values of the organization of that, you know, that I ascribe to. And because they were different, I just couldn't perform. And it's not that I was a bad person or I was a bad worker. We just weren't a good fit. So that's a good reason to let somebody go. And it's usually mutually agreed upon at that time anyway. Four is they have bad workplace behavior. They're disruptive, disgruntled. They use bad language. They're, you know, you know, EO, equal opportunity discriminators. They sexually harass people or just harass people in general. They bully. There's negative people to be around. So that's also another reason to let somebody go because they don't obviously don't want to be there. And so why make other people suffer through that? The fifth reason to let people go is because they put their personal needs over the needs of an organization. And this one is hard, but also crucial in my opinion. And here's why. If you can't put your personal needs aside for the benefit of the organization that you're working for. Now, granted, what I mean by personal needs is you are all in agreement with your ethics, morals, and values. You're doing everything up and 
above and beyond and everything is good, but you want personal gain more than you want organizational success. Those people will sabotage any team that they go on to because they're so driven by personal power and personal prestige and personal achievement, they can't get past individual organizational success. They have a hard time with realizing that individual success comes from organizational success and vice versa. You can't get organizational success without individual successes and multiple individual successes. So that's, in my opinion, the fifth reason to let somebody go is because they can't get over themselves. Now, given these signs and the scenario we talked about earlier, the evidence shows that this employee should not be allowed back. Granted, if this was a larger corporation, there would have been an offboarding schedule with security mitigation factors because, let's face it, anytime somebody is fired from an organization, they're an inherent security risk, especially uh, if you work with information technology or anything that has to do with sensitive information. Insider threat is always a uh, an issue, especially, especially with just disgruntled employees, whether they're fired or not, but definitely once they're fired. Uh, you know, then they have payroll elimination, so, you know, you take them off the payroll and then they no longer get in paid so they can't claim that they're still on the rolls but in a small business scenario like this you know school you know what is the way forward you didn't have any of those stuff available to you because it's a small business well if it was up to me i would write the employee and inform them that they quit their job and who the witnesses were there when they that person quit and additionally i would add that they were no longer a good fit for the organization due to their inability to adapt to the culture of their workplace and their behavior was not acceptable to the cultural norms when all the other employees were contributing and they were not so you chose not to rehire that individual so in this way what you're doing is you're sending a very clear message that you quit and you don't fit the organizational needs you didn't adapt to the cultural norms that were accepted that we told you about and we're not rehiring you that makes it very cut and dry on this scenario now in my opinion it's better to let a toxic negative person underperforming employee go rather than burn the rest of the team and infect them with their mediocre performance and attitudes yeah you're gonna save some money you're gonna save some time by letting that person back because you know let's face it if you're running low on time and you gotta fill a position the person who was just saying that they quit but they want to come back even though it was probably an ill-fated and short-tempered and short-sighted uh, statement even though they still didn't contribute during the team by letting that person back, you're going to lose more than just a couple of dollars and time. So that's just my you know, two cents on it. However, what is your opinion on it? What do you think should happen in a scenario like this? Should people allowed to become back after they quit and then they don't show any initiative and then when things get better, they come back? What do you think is fair? I gave you my opinion. I really want to hear your opinion. I also want to thank you for listening to today's episode of Tim Stating the Obvious, where we talked about you're fired, when you should let somebody go from an organization when they don't fit in. But before we end, I'd like to ask a couple of things. Please subscribe, comment, share this podcast, and provide some feedback and help generate the discussion on this subject and on this scenario. If you haven't visited our Patreon site, I would love it if you'd stop there and check it out and see how you can be a part of the show and keep the content going. Every week, I've got to delete stuff off the server to create more server space. And this way, if you contribute to you know keeping the content going, you can get access to the, all the historical archives and you can get access to you know the previous shows so you don't miss anything at all. Lastly, I'm very interested in hearing about your stories and your experiences to keep the discussion going. This whole show is about you and your experiences and what you think. 
You know, if it's just me generating, you know, ideas and topics for shows, I'm happy to do that. I love this as a medium just to get stuff off my chest and off my brain. However, it's really about sharing information so we can have a better professional workforce. If you haven't checked out our links in the below in the uh, description so you can see what the discussion is on how to contribute, all the links are down there below. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and come back for another one. I'm Tim Staten, stating the obvious.